All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and instruction, but some parts of scripture are more iconic or well-known than others, and this one, Jesus reading from the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news, is surely one of the most well-written-about passages in all of Scripture. How am I, as a preacher, to approach this with something useful to say that has not already been said? Well, I tried. This sermon was preached on the 23rd of January, 2022. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This proclamation in Nazareth with Jesus reading the words of Isaiah, is one of the most famous passages in the Gospels. Many have taken it to be something of a mission statement, Jesus laying forth what his ministry is going to be all about. And in these wonderful words that he has been anointed to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free, There have been tomes and tomes of books all about how these might be interpreted. Some, such as in South America in the last century, have taken these words very literally as a positive thing for liberation of those who are indeed living in poverty and squalor under situations of oppression and unjustness. And that has been a very powerful movement which has generated liberation theology that has spread around the world and is a right, a good cause for so many people today. But there's the other side which people take, looking at this as a spiritual lesson. It's not so much about transforming class structures and racial inequalities, but it's about your heart. What sins have you got in there that you need to deal with? It can become a very private thing. Blindness is no longer a physical ailment, but a blind spot that you haven't noticed in your own life. Oppression might not mean freedom, in the sense of being able to go where you wish, to express yourself as you would like, and to trade with those who you would like to trade with. But rather it might be a sense of happiness. I'm feeling happier today. And I'm sort of making this seem a bit hyperbolic, a bit of an extreme on either end. But those are the directions in which people tend to lean. And it's generally not the complete picture if you take one side or the other side. Jesus is here to deal with the whole experience of the human race. That means he wants to know our hearts just as much as he cares about our living situations. And when it comes to how we respond to this, we might be tempted to say, well, I like the idea of social justice, or rather I feel safer with the idea that it's very private and just about me. And this passage cuts us off 
before the response of those listening. It's interesting, at the beginning, we heard that he was going around synagogues all around the area, and he was highly praised. But just after our reading ends, the people began to say to themselves, well, isn't this Jesus, son of Joseph? We know him. We know his family. How dare he say that these words of the scriptures have been fulfilled today? So much so that they rose up and tried to drive him out of the town and throw him off a cliff. It's an interesting reaction. In our first reading, which we heard from Nehemiah, so wonderfully read by Jill, presents a good contrast for us. Nehemiah and Ezra have come out to the people with the book of the law of Moses. And when they read it to them, the people respond with a loud, Amen, Amen. We read that people were weeping because of what the law had said. They had heard the voice of the Lord through the text, and they recognized the severity of their sins and the importance of their need to repent and to be righteous and holy under the law. It's such a contrast, isn't it? We have here two groups of people listening to words of holy scripture. One group is deeply affected and needs encouraging, actually, that their hearts are in the right place and that they should worship the Lord with joy and gladness. Whereas the other group hear Jesus quoting Isaiah and are struck with a desire to kill him and drive him out. And so the question that I really have for us today is when we hear Jesus say, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, do we understand that to only mean on that day when he was in that synagogue talking to those people there? Or do we understand it to mean any time we hear the gospel proclaimed, the scriptures read to us, a sermon preached? Is there a sense in which every Sunday when we hear the scriptures, we hear the voice of God today. I certainly would like to hope that we do hear God week by week. And I hope actually that whether we are angry about what has been said and wish to drive the preacher, perhaps me, away, or Tony, it's nicer when it's Tony preaching, perhaps when we're angry with something Tony has said, or when we're moved to tears, because actually we've realized there's something very profound being said to us. This is good. It is good to react, to respond, to engage with God. Because the danger is, as we hear in the book of Revelation, those who are neither hot nor cold, but are lukewarm, who just let it wash over them and are unimpacted at all. So Jesus stands there with these words from Isaiah, setting forth a ministry, a ministry which is profoundly concerned with the heart of each and every human being who ever hears the name Jesus, and also with the living situations and the nations and the circumstances in which they find themselves. It encompasses everything. And so he says to them that God the Spirit of the Lord 
is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And how does this look in his ministry? He teaches and he preaches. He performs signs of healings. The deaf can hear, the lame can walk, the blind can see. He is tried to be anointed king by the crowds that followed him, that adored him and loved him. He is acclaimed on the way into Jerusalem as Hosanna to the son of David. But the way that he does this is not perhaps the way that we would go about asserting military might or running a PR campaign. But he does it by going to the cross. For the sense of repentance which the people felt when they heard Nehemiah and Ezra reading the law is still a reality for each of us today. And so rather than becoming a king with power, in humility he takes on the worst of our situations. He takes on our personal sin, our personal struggles, but he also takes on the injustice of the system and the cultures around him, falsely accused by the religious leaders, falsely executed by the state. He encompasses all that it means to be human, but not in the way that we might expect. It is through his death upon the cross that his glory is revealed. And it is by waiting anxious and uncertain that the disciples arrive at Easter Day for the resurrection which fills us with such joy. And as we sit here in this church, it's 2022, statistics say that the numbers are going down, that the money is struggling, that people don't care so much about religion as they once did. I wonder if something unexpected might be happening. I wonder if there is a voice of hope which we can listen to each Sunday. I don't mean myself or Tony or John or any of our other wonderful preachers. I wonder if when we listen to the scriptures, we listen for the voice of God who moves us both to joy and to tears, who tells us, I love you, I have died for you, I forgive you. Now go and live for me. In the name of Jesus. Amen.